Hello, and welcome to another episode of Under the Radar SFF Books Podcast. My name is Blaze. Thank you so much for joining me wherever you may be listening around the world. If you like the content I create, please hit that subscribe button, like, and retweet. It really helps me grow as a podcast creator and also as a blogger. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by fantasy author of Paladin Unbound and Archives of the Everlum Tale, Jeff Spieth. Jeff, thank you so much for joining me and welcome. Thanks for having me, Blaze. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so memory serves correctly, I believe it was about two years ago when you reached out to me to be um, a reader for your new uh, book, Paladin Unbound. And I can't believe it's been that long uh, already. I mean, time just flies, especially with what's going on in the world. So that was a lot of fun. I was able to read it and I absolutely loved it. I was, and I had the extreme honor and thank you so much for putting me on the back cover of this. So it's definitely been a, definitely been an adventure to say the least. Yeah, that was, that was an awkward time. I mean, a debut author reaching out for blurbs, uh, you know, for their, for, for their first book unknown and kind of approaching someone. And I saw you on Twitter and was reading some of your posts and, you know, the under the radar thing, uh, I figured, uh, I, you can't get more under the radar than me. So I reached out to you and, I uh, really appreciate you uh, agreeing to read it and, and provide a blurb for it. So thanks. Yeah, no problem. And ever since that time, it's done nothing but take off. I keep seeing it pop up on Twitter, on some of the more well-known blogs and vloggers uh, out there, giving it a try and absolutely loving it because it kind of brings them back to a time when they read Dungeons and Dragons and maybe some Lord of the Rings references and um, Dragonlance, I believe. So it's definitely fun. But before we get into that, and I know we have a lot of stuff to get into, Let's start from the beginning. Why don't you take us back to how your love for the fantasy genre started, maybe what you grew, grew up reading, and what was your inspiration for starting Paladin Unbound? Yeah, um, it go, goes way back in terms of my love of fantasy. Um, you know, I remember in the late 70s when I was a, a you know, young child seeing a cartoon version of The Hobbit. Um, on TV one night and uh, it kind of took me away. Um, and, uh, you know, I really kind of fell in love with it right then and there. Couldn't appreciate the books at that age yet, but, um, you know, lo loved the the um, the storyline and the magic and, and all that. And so, um, you know, kind of fell in love with things there. And then, you know, as I got a little bit older, started reading, you know, a lot of the classics, you know, the the Chronicles of Narnia and you know, Lord of the Rings and, and The Hobbit and, and things like that. And then evolved as I got older into, you know, discovering D&D &D and um, falling in love with that game and, and reading a lot of the um, associated books that came out of, uh, you know, the D&D uh, era back then, whether it be, you know, the early R.A. Salvatore books, uh, you know, the, the Legends of Drist and all of those and then uh, some of the Ravenloft stuff and and things like that. And it just, you know, kept going from there. Um, I'm currently playing a board game, which is very similar to Dungeons and Dragons. It's called Gloomhaven. And it just brought mm -hmm. me right back because it has different, uh, different characters and different campaigns you can go on. You're visiting dungeons, you're visiting forests, and you're coming across strange creatures, and you're, you have to do certain objectives. So um, playing Gloomhaven uh, reminded me so much of your novel, and I appreciate that uh, so much. Oh, that's um, great. So yeah, I think we want to get into what the inspirations were for um, for Paladin and uh, just going going back from there. Yeah, well, you know, a few years ago I was trying to figure out a way to 
get my kids off screens a little bit and um, decided to introduce them to to Dungeons and Dragons. And uh, so I just, you know, I wrote this whole world, uh, developed this whole world for them and uh, wrote out this campaign. And, uh, you know, we had a real fun time doing it. Uh, and about four or five sessions in, they were kind of on to the next thing and wanted to make new characters and do different things and be in a different world. But I had spent a tremendous amount of time uh, building the world that, um, you know, for them and decided to keep going with it and uh, started writing what became Paladin Unbound. And so it really was um, inspired by uh, the work I put in for, for that D and D campaign and, and, uh, kind of came out of there. Awesome. That's, that's amazing. And I keep seeing other authors, um, saying that their inspiration was just telling like bedtime stories to their kid and just making up sure. a, a world. And so that's really, really touching. I'm actually looking at the cover for Paladin Unbound right now. Yeah. And it's just absolutely gorgeous. And the map, um, is just, is just breathtaking. And I remember we had a conversation about this actually of how, getting someone to do the map. And I think maybe the cover was kind of a, I don't want to say a nightmare, but uh, definitely <laughs> a challenge to, to say the least. Uh, do you want to just touch on, on that quickly before we get into the book? Yeah, sure. So, you know, one of the hiccups we hit along the way, um, you know, with my publisher was we were supposed to have art delivered uh, by an artist and they were not able to complete the art. They were supposed to do the cover um, and the map and we're not able to deliver. And so uh, kind of last minute, you know, my choices were to not have a map and, and you know, kind of create a, a quick cover for it, which I really didn't want to do because whether people, you know, uh, want to admit, admit it or not, the first interaction you have with a book is with the cover. And, you know, people do often judge, uh, you know, a book by its cover. And so I wanted to make sure that that was impactful and that it would grab people's attention. And, and I firmly believe that a, a story like Paladin Unbound benefits greatly from a, a good map because it is very much a hero's journey, both uh, in the literal and the, the um, uh, metaphorical sense. And so uh, I wanted people to be able to follow around with this world I created you know, it's definitely in, in my mind the whole time, but it's sometimes harder for other people to uh, grab onto where where are we now and what are we doing and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so, so I said, give me a little bit of time. And um, I reached out to uh, Thomas Ray, who is a, a fantasy cartographer that I had followed on Twitter for some time because I just loved his, his maps. And, um, you know, I, I messaged him and said, you know, not sure if you remember me, but we've interacted quite a bit on Twitter and uh, I'm kind of in a bit of a situation here and I, I need a map, uh, you know, pretty short order. And he replied back pretty quickly saying he'd be happy to do it. And we were able to get the map going. And then, um, you know, I, I then I set my mind to the to the cover and uh, which was a little more difficult. I didn't have a real following of cover illustrators and all that kind of stuff so I started looking at some of uh, the artwork that I admired out um, on Twitter and everything and I had seen some great work out of Omar Baracanal and um, he uh, does some really beautiful work um, he's done uh, Pat Patrick Samfire's book covers he's done um, Zach Argyle's book covers and a few other things and 
Um, I reached out to Zach first and asked him, um, you know, how his experience was with with Omer. And he said, great. And, you know, loved his work and he was really easy to work with. And I was fortunate enough to reach out to Omer and he squeezed me in and did the cover for Paladin and Bound in, I think, like two to three weeks or something like that, which was wow. amazing considering, you know, how great it came out. So it all came together in the end, but it wasn't without a, a little bit of stress in, in the process. Yeah, well, I'm glad it all worked out for, for the best. And with that, why don't we just dive in into it? So sure. the main character, obviously, is, you pronounce it Umra or Umra? Umra. Umra. Umra, Umra is the main character, and he is a... He is an oddball to say the least. He's a half orc. Um, he's also uh, pretty much an outcast because of his um, heritage. He mm-hmm. is the leader of the uh, the blood bloodhounds bloodhound bloodhound yeah, mercenary gang group. Yep. And right from the get go, you feel um, you kind of feel bad for him, but because he's such a he's such a low key prideful um, character, and he's also the leader of this uh, group. Um, and you think it's going to go down one certain trail, but like, mm-hmm. like four or five, I think it's like six chapters in, you throw like a huge curveball, and then it goes into a completely different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't we talk about the character of Umra and what was his, what was the inspiration for him? And also, did you have all of this planned out beforehand or did you just like write it out uh, as, it, as it went? So yeah, so Umra was inspired, uh, you know, by the onset of that D&D campaign that I mentioned. Uh, earlier for my three boys, um, where he was an NPC I developed um, that they came across in their journeys, and they literally find this half-orc laying face down in the road unconscious, and I fell in love with the character from there that I developed and uh, decided I wanted to tell his story. Um, Umar is very much a selfless person, um, a difficult, difficult upbringing, you know, had his family kind of ripped away from him at the age of four, his father killed by barbarians, his tribe killed by barbarians, and uh, his mother kidnapped and taken away. And so he wanders through this forest trying to find something to to grab onto and uh, is adopted by a priest who finds him uh, along the way. And so um, he has a very... Um, conflicted upbringing of this tribal orc culture and then living within the church, um, you know, in Evelium. And so, you know, I, I really liked that conflict within him. And I liked the idea of having a protagonist who was not this revered hero, but someone who was really looked down upon by society and, you know, has to struggle for every scrap that he gets. And then um, is kind of propelled into a situation that's a little over his head and, and forces his hand in, you know, admitting to himself and to everybody else who he truly is. And so I kind of ran with Umra and started, you know, writing this story. And I figured, you know, it'd be great for him to have a, a band of, of brothers who are kind of similar in, in stature and everything. And that he would have been the leader of and kind of almost a father figure too, even though he's, he's pretty young at the onset of the book. And um, he needed a nudge um, that would propel him from, you know, living this mercenary 
uh, lifestyle, nomadic lifestyle, where you're just bouncing from city to city, uh, trying to make ends meet, to you know accepting who he truly is and and uh, you know what his what his true destiny is. And so, uh, the bloodbound were, were created uh, for that purpose, and in, in order to um, have him once again lose everything and realize that. Uh, only by being honest to himself with who he truly is, um, you know, can he, you know, fulfill his destiny. And so that's kind of how that all came about. Yeah. And it's a great destiny to be fulfilled throughout the, at least this first book and hopefully continues in the, in the sequels. It's not just um, Umra, who's uh, one of the great characters of the story. There's also several others, like two of my favorites, just remembering. And I read this about two, almost two years ago was uh, Gromley and, Mm -hmm. um, Navara, is that how I'm saying yep. it correctly? Those Navarra, are, yeah. Those are two uh, very interesting characters. And Gromley, very, very rough, very ed- edgy, but he was always funny. Um, mm-hmm. and, and Navara had always had a secret that mystery that you wanted to see um, solve. And hers is a lot, a little bit more in like the spirit and like the magic part of it. So, can you talk about those two characters and how they came to be in the story? Sure. So, you know, after Umra you know, suffers great loss, he meets up with this group called the Barrows Pact, which is, you know, he rescues uh, Nicholas Barnswallow from, you know, this effectively a dungeon and uh, kind of gets introduced to this group of uh, adventurers in, uh, called the Barrows Pact. And two of the characters are Gromley uh, and Nayavara. They're, you know, members of, of this this group. And, and Gromley is uh, a cleric, of his his uh, tribes back in uh, this land called the Isle of the Twelve Mines, and he he has left his you know mountain dwelling. You can think of the Zeristar people in this book as kind of dwarvish. Um, he's left uh, this mountain dwelling of his where he was a cleric and has gone out and adventuring, and which is a really odd thing for his people. They they never leave home. They never you know leave their mountain so to speak and. Uh, he, he's gone out to explore the world as a, and, and as a cleric. And he's, he is r- very rough around the edges, gruff and direct, you know, but, but does have some very, you know, funny lines throughout the book, I think, and, and is a, a pivotal uh, character in kind of driving the, the moral direction of the story, so to speak, I think. Nayavara is a bit of a mystery, and I don't flesh her out all that much in terms of her background in the story. Uh, and that was very much intentional. I wanted to leave that a little open-ended for people to kind of think about her history. Um, but she's a druid and she can do all kinds of cool things like shape change and, and uh, you know, wield some pretty fun druidic mag- magic and everything. And is more, she's a quieter character throughout the book, but, but has some huge, hugely impactful uh, moments in, in the story in terms of the party's success in uh in getting to the the finish line of the first book here so um both were were very fun characters to work with and and uh and see evolve as i was writing too yeah those are two uh really really interesting characters just a little bit about your your writing um Mm -hmm. can you just walk us through your writing process because obviously um writing is not your primary primary job and you're also uh, also a father and and a husband how do you make the time to get your writing uh done and Obviously, sacrifices had to be made, but what is your general um, background when it comes to that? Yeah, so um, you're right. It's it's tough because it is a hobby, 
uh, and I put that in quotes because it's kind of become more than that at this point. Um, and I was never expecting it to turn into anything more than just a hobby. I was kind of writing Paladin Unbound for myself at first um, in my free time. And then, you know, it wasn't until a friend of mine who's a published author encouraged me to uh, have it published that I started thinking about this whole potential of having a, you know, a published book in the world. And so um, as far as writing is concerned, yeah, yeah, I've got to squeeze it in between a very demanding job and and a family uh, life and everything. And so the way I often say it to people is that, you know, some dads golf on the weekends. I tend to lock myself in my office for a few hours and get some writing done. <laughs> um, you know, so it's, it's pushed some of my other hobbies back a little bit because this has been really fun. I've really enjoyed it. And I find a, a great sense of uh, therapy and relief in, in the process of, of writing. And so I've, I've really, you know, benefited from it greatly myself. And so I make time for it, squeeze in maybe an hour or something at night after the kids are in bed or something like that. And then on the weekends, when I have some free time, I'll sit down and try to get some done. So that's really how it works. And I, I have to be opportunistic because um, you never know when a window is going to open for me to be able to write. You know, I, I often hear about authors who have this elaborate process to sit down and make them, you know, get motivated and all that kind of stuff. And I, I just, I just have to be able to jump right in and go or else I'd waste half the time prepping myself for it. So. And when you jump right into your, your writing, do you know exactly where you're going to go with it? Or is it just like a scene pops into your mind, like when you're dreaming or throughout the day, and then you have to, when you have time to get it down, you do. Yeah. So I'd say that part of it's evolved for me because um, with Paladin Unbound, I just wrote um, I didn't, I didn't map it out at all. I didn't, you know, outline things or anything like that. I just sat down and wrote. And what that effectively meant was I had to do more revisions later on, you know, in the process, which is fine. It's just, it's just a different process. And so I thought for uh, the sequel that I would, um, I'd do a little more outlining and uh, give myself a little bit of a structure and framework to the process. And that helped, but I have to keep it loose because I wasn't enjoying writing, you know, basically just trying to convert um, an outline into a story. That, that wasn't fun for me. I, I need to let the story kind of take me in a direction, the mm -hmm. direction it wants to go at that time and, and everything. And so I, uh, I've decided to kind of keep the outlining part of it very loose and then kind of jump in with whatever section uh, is inspiring me at that moment and just and just get as much writing done as I can uh, with the windows that I have and then I you know go back and revise and worry about all the details later but um, I, I very much now go off of a loose outline and then kind of pick my spots based on you know where I'm feeling inspired. So you're going off of a loose outline but you know like the big pillars of like what big events are going to happen and you're just writing towards those. Sure. I, and I, you know, I knew from the, from the very beginning of, you know, kind of determining Umra's story arc, I knew the major plot points that I wanted to hit along the way, but there wasn't a lot of detail to it. Um, and so the rest of the story's kind of grown around those major mm -hmm. plot points. And I now have it to a point where I've got the rest of, you know, his story arc mapped out and uh, I'm, I, I feel pretty comfortable with that. And now I'm just putting, you know, some of the meat on the bone, so to speak. Excellent. Excellent. And I heard, heard that you've mentioned about the, 
sequel. So I know I'm itching to get my hands on. I know a lot of the fans are as well. Um, what updates could you provide on those? And do you have a, a title picked out? So book two is uh, in with my publisher right now uh, uh, being edited. So that's completed. And uh, at least a draft of it is. I'm not sure what the feedback will be on that and what kind of heavy lifting I'll have to do. Um, but it, it got, you know, very good fe- uh, feedback from beta readers and stuff like that. And so I'm, I'm pretty comfortable. I hit the, the main points of the story. And, and it's, to me, it's a, a better story than Paladin Unbound, not only from just the, the, the depth and breadth of the story, but also I think my skills as a writer have improved uh, since writing the first book. And so, um, you know, I think altogether uh, it's a better package, but we'll see what, what comes back. I don't know when that'll be available. I'm hoping sometime in 2022, but that'll depend on edits and, and how much time I have to be able to put into those and, and then putting the whole book together and, and everything. So we'll see. Uh, can't share a title name yet because I haven't gotten approved by the publisher, um, but I have one in mind that I want to work off of. And uh, so hopefully I'll be able to share that with everybody uh, sooner rather than later. Awesome. Awesome. Can't wait for that. And also one more bit of news about Paladin Unbound. You just, um, your audiobook for it was just released. I've listened to the first couple chapters and it's excellent. Um, You just want to share about that and and how you got the um, narrator on board with that. Yeah, sure. So um, yeah, it came out on November 22nd and, uh, you know, really pleased with, with how it came out. We did a uh, audition through uh, ACX and uh, had 20, 25 people audition for the audiobook, which was great. And uh, we settled on uh, Adam Blanford, which who does a great uh, job, I think, of bringing the characters to life. Uh, you know, very talented guy, able to jump between uh, you know all the different characters in the room uh, seamlessly, and and really, uh, it was really fun to listen to and and uh, hear his interpretations of, of Evelium and how he brought the characters in it to life. So uh, it was a lot of fun going through that process. And when listening to him, was it like, were you listening in your head? Is like, oh, Umra, I, that's the voice I pictured, but he's doing it better. Or is it something like a mismatch, uh, mismatch of it? Yeah, we had, um, we had a little chat beforehand before he got started recording everything. And we kind of walked through the major characters and I gave him kind of the major points of what I would kind of think in my head as to, you know, how they sound to me and uh, and everything. And then we had a little back and forth and he had some ideas, which I thought were great. And uh, so, you know, and it ended up coming out. And now I hear him speak like Umra is, you know, pretty much spot on with what, you know, I was hoping him to sound like because he's a he's a big, intimidating guy, but he's also very unsure of himself. And, uh, and naturally a fairly anxious uh, person. And so, um, you know, I think he, he hit those notes perfectly. Yeah, he did. I can test to that. I want to quickly talk about uh, your experience with self-publishing, because I know some of our listeners are, are authors or want to be authors and they want to get into the field. And they're not sure of going down the traditional publishing or the self-publishing route. Could you share your experiences with that and how you ultimately came to the decision you did and self-published uh, Paladin Unbound? Yeah, so so I started off when, after I had a, the conversation with a friend I mentioned earlier, you know, going looking at the traditional route. I think that's everybody's 
first inclination is to, you know, send out some emails to, you know, agents and everything and just see what's out there and, and test the waters. And, you know, admittedly, uh, and honestly, I didn't get much uh, pickup from, the, you know, that uh, effort and uh, had some really nice rejection letters and stuff like that and, uh, and um, decided to broaden my, um, the net that I was casting. And I entered a Twitter pitch competition, SFF pit, where you get a, a tweet to try pitch your book. And then if uh, an editor or a publisher is interested, I entered that and, and Literary Wanderlust, uh, you know, kind of reached out to me and said they liked what they, they saw in the pitch. And then I shared a synopsis and then they wanted to see a full um, manuscript. And we did that. Uh, in the interim, I spoke with a couple of their authors uh, to make sure, you know, that like, I hadn't heard of them. They're a small publishing shop out of Denver. And I wanted to make sure that they were uh, a legitimate, you know, operation and everything. And so we had, I had a conversation with a few of their authors who had had great experiences and I, uh, we ran with it. It was, uh, and it's worked out pretty well. Excellent. Yeah. So with yeah. the new, um, uh, fantasy shows, obviously there was Lord of the Rings, the movies, and then obviously Game yeah. of Thrones. Have there, has there any ones that you've been following, like either science fiction or fantasy? And what was your favorite ones released so far? Oh, that's a, that's a great question. I mean, I, I think they've done a really nice job with season one of The Witcher. Uh, you know, that, that I've really enjoyed. Uh, the Expanse, uh, you know, I, I've loved, uh, you know, that that show. They've done a really good job there. Um, getting, getting into the wheel of time, uh, mm -hmm. you know, as, as that goes and trying to keep up with that, which have has been the books? what, have you, you read know, the books? I, I admittedly have not, and I'll, I'll tell you why, because, and I, you know, the, the, the TV show is maybe making me want to reconsider it, but it's a commitment yes. and, uh, and, you know, I don't have a tremendous amount of time for, for free reading. And I feel like it would take me years to get through you know, the, that catalog. And so that's why I had never jumped into it. And it's probably just an excuse to not read what, from what I hear is, uh, you know, a great, great series and, and worth the effort if you if you can put it in. So I, I think I'll probably get to it at some point here. Yeah, I agree with the wheel of time and coming from myself, who I listened to the whole series on, on audio. Yeah. Um, the show, it's basically, it's taking the, the bones of the series and a lot of the detail and it's compressing it into several mm -hmm. episodes because I believe the first season is covering uh, books one and two. And in mm -hmm. order to cover that, because each book is over 700 pages, For sure, yeah. you need to make some cuts, you need to make some sacrifices. And I've, I've been on Twitter and I've seen some of the diehard fans saying that, no, this is not good or this episode is great, but here's why. Yeah. And, I, and I'm just appreciating it just like a standard fan. And I think it's good so far. Even my wife is watching it with me as well. So she's entertained. And that's all you could ask for is for people who never heard of the series or even just casual fans to get invested because that's how the series is going to grow. And more people will go to the books if they want to go down that route. So yeah, I think they did a, a great job uh, with that. Um, yeah, I could see how I could see how if you've spent the time and you've read all those books, how you know, them not diving into certain things as deeply as you might, you know, things you thought were important in the books that they kind of skim over or characters that they don't introduce or whatever, you know, th that can be difficult for the diehard fan of the books. Um, so I'm, I'm just like, like you said, I'm just enjoying it right now as a, as a fun fantasy TV show. And 
I'll I'll figure out if I'm going to get into the books, uh, you know, down the road here. Um, it is a big commitment. I highly recommend the audiobooks if you want to go down. Yeah, that, that's, that that's probably how I'll do it. And I, I, I do enjoy audiobooks from that perspective because it's also something I can listen to sometimes while I'm working or, mm-hmm. or when I'm doing other things and I don't have to be, you know, sitting in one spot with a book and, you know, I can, I can enjoy them as I'm doing other things. So it's, that's been a great way to help me uh, get through more, uh, you know, reading than I, than I have been able to historically. So. Excellent. And just one, one more question. Uh, are there any under the radar series that you you recommend or any that you are currently reading uh, now to yeah. tell the audience? I am currently reading. I mentioned Zach Argyle earlier. I'm mm-hmm. currently reading um, Stones of Light, his second book from, from the Threadlight series. The, the first book, Voice of War, was fantastic, I thought. Great debut. Um, and, uh, you know, really enjoying his second and looking forward to his third. Jonathan Never, uh, the, the Wind Tide series. I don't know if you've seen his stuff on Twitter and everything, but uh, sci-fi uh, space opera kind of stuff, which the first book, uh, Goodbye to the Sun, was uh, fantastic. Um, I've got his second one, uh, Jotty's Wager, right here behind me. <laughs> um, I don't know, it's beautiful covers. Yeah, you it see is. That? And, yeah. You know, he's got a really, really fun writing style, and I've really enjoyed getting to know him and um, and reading his stuff. And so those are two that I would definitely recommend. Excellent. Um, so some of the, some of the better, um, under the radar, uh, series that I've, I've read, including mm-hmm. yours recently is, um, one by, uh, Bard Constantine. He's a fantastic author. The, uh, I have ever fell. Um, and I'm also getting deep dive into, I know she's a, she's a big world renowned, um, author, but, uh, Jenny Wirt's War of Light and Shadow series. So that's been occupying yeah. most of my mm-hmm. time re- recently. I'm on book nine currently. So, yeah, Never. I've seen a couple of those reviews you mentioned. It, it sounds like a really good series. It is. It's it's very... Have you ever read Malazan or you ever heard of Malazan? I've heard of it. I have not read it. Okay. So it's very similar in terms of tropes and um, in terms of the themes that go on, but mm-hmm. more focused and more revelations. So like each book, like the first book, it's just very riddled with like hints and character moments and like wrinkles that'll be larger the further you go down um, mm-hmm. in the series and just reading it uh, when you when you go further in the series, seeing what the revelation is and then going back to the first book and seeing, mm-hmm. Oh wait, th- this is setting up stuff like six books in the future. And wow. like, not, it's really hard to do. And it's really amazing when you find it. So I always recommend um, those going forward. So I guess we'll wrap up there before, uh, before we go. Uh, why don't you tell the uh, tell the audience where they can find you on Twitter and, and your website and uh, your social handle? Sure. So on Twitter, I'm at Jeff Spate. Uh, it's S P E I G H T. Um, I'm also on uh, Instagram, not as active there. Uh, Jeff S P eight number eight uh, on on there, and then I've got uh, my website JeffreySpate.com, where uh, you know I I try to every once in a while shoot out a, an email, uh, letting people know what I'm up to, even though I'm not too active on that front. Uh, it does have, uh, you know, nice, some nice little info on the, the book on Paladin Unbound. It has the map up now, which I finally got to. So you can see a nice big digital version of the map. And I thought that would be great to uh, include for particularly the audiobook readers who don't get the, the map when they, right. uh, 
you know, so uh, wanted to have that up there. And so um, that's where you can find me. I'm, but I'm on Twitter most. Yep. And I'm always looking out for your, for your tweets. They're always fun and entertaining. Well, thanks. So thanks so much for joining me, Jeff. I really appreciate it. Hope to have you on again. Blaze, I, I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, it's been great getting to know you over the last couple of years. And, and you've been such a supporter of, of my work and, and of other uh, under the radar authors. So thank you for being a part of the community and doing everything you do. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And all yeah. of you continue reading and cheers. <laughs>